Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I'm Josh Woot. Football's back. We've got a special caller all the way from Darwin. Are you there, buddy? I am. I am. I am here, Woot. It's good to, uh, <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. I miss your face. Yeah, I know. Uh, not long now till you get back, but uh, we had to get this podcast out of the way. I couldn't wait any longer. So No, we've got to give the people what they want, mate. That's it. How was your first week? It's good. It's uh, different being up here, obviously, to watching the games back home, but it's um, it's been nice. I like it. It's very, very warm up here. The humidity is through the roof, so I'll be looking forward to going back. Watching the games up here first week, it's just so good to have football back in our lives. It was a full-on Monday for me. I'm not sure about you, but I, I was awake for a long time. Just in an insane amount of time. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, our, our uh, Madden competition winner. Yes, uh, at Huck's. Seven H A K Z seven. His name's Huckin Benley. He won our Madden competition, and we uh, thank him for giving he, us his review. And uh, also thanks to everyone else who participated in that competition. And for everyone who's joined our Pick'em leagues and Survivor groups, if there's any people left in that, I'm already Survivor out. Groups. I'm already out. Really? Yeah, I'm out. Who did who did who did you pick? Um, uh, who did I pick? Oh, I went with Arizona because it was my bet of the week. So I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that lets, with... that lets me focus more on the rest of it. Considering that the normal, the normal, you know, 16 game tip, I got 14 out of 16 on our, on our, uh, Really? Yeah. Wow. So there you go, guys. Did very well. Yes. I, um, yeah, I, I hung in there with Seattle, but I'll tell you, it was close towards the end. Uh, I was, you know, a lot of people were sweating bullets on that one. And yeah, it was, uh, Pretty crazy. So I'd imagine a few people would have went down on, on Arizona and possibly the Rams as well, but we'll get to the Rams obviously later in the show. And a big thanks to everyone who's participating in our fantasy leagues uh, and we, you drafted for us this year. Yep, two losses straight out of the gate. Now the wow. uh, nah, doing, doing well. I think I, I think I scored probably second or third highest in one of our in one of our leagues yep. and still lost. The other guys just, you know, you have those Too weeks. Good. You have those weeks. Correct. Crazy. I... Uh, I top scored in our main league, mate. Uh, confident going forward. You're confident. I really wish Vance McDonald didn't score that touchdown. Not Nothing against you, but we had exactly yeah. identical points leading oh, wow. up to that point. And I was just thinking, this is going to, this, I've never seen this before. This was, it was well, going to be something special. And he was doing nothing that whole game. <laughs> he really didn't. Selleck is really. You know, Selleck had a lot of drops. I don't understand what it is with Chip Kelly. No way, Selleck no made... way, no way. Do I give that? I, I reckon Barron played outstanding coverage on him. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. All right, let's um, news? let's get into some NFL news, yeah, man. All right, Saints release CJ Spiller. Yeah, not... big news. Not really, not really unexpected. Really, if it was a week one. 
healthy scratch, but they signed him to a four-year, $16 million deal last March when they were in cap trouble already and had already Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson on their roster. It was a bit of a head-scratcher at the time. And now, you know, it was very ineffective for them last year. Didn't suit that offense and, and gone. Yeah, I I, I, st- I still think you'll find a home pretty quickly. Not quickly, but I think, yep. you know, teams will look at their options and go, wait, CJ Spiller is better than what we've got. But at the same time, he's j- he's always injured. Like, he can't, he can't sustain a prolonged you know, stretch of games before just breaking down. It's just, it's generally something that, you know, doesn't seem to, like the injuries that he has, it always just seems like, oh, he'll be back next week. He'll be back next week. But then they just linger and linger. So I, mm. he's a risky player yeah. if you're, a, you know, if you're a team looking for a running back, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think those, the word lingering is right because like you say, or well, I said it was generally ineffective, but you don't know how much that injury affects his ability given like he's a home run sort of hitter type guy that can score from anywhere and we've seen it when he's healthy he can be quite a dynamic runner but I just don't know whether we'll see that anymore from him uh you know moving forward I think he's sort of that's pretty much his summation as an NFL player is just couldn't get healthy and didn't live up to expectations unfortunately yeah he um you know he is he is 29 but there you know He's always been like a really good runner in space. He might still have a role as a punt returner or something like that. I mean, Devin Hester's still getting work, so I yeah. can yeah, I can see CJ Spiller getting something in that role. Anyway, Packers signed. Oh, you want to you want to pronounce his name? I stuff it every single time. David Bakhtiari. All right, there you go. The well, uh, I actually got a, I actually got a name right. I, I can't believe. Yeah, I actually can't believe I went to you for that. You're there not you the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you know I'm not very good. Normally, that did I stutter button getting a lot of work out when I'm pronouncing names. But yeah, four-year, $51 million extension through to 2020. Uh, a lot of uh, Packers O-line talk this week with uh, Josh Sitton um, being released and now Bakhtiari getting this big money. Uh, it's a lot of money, but obviously they see him as a franchise left tackle and and... You know, you pay you pay those studs on offensive line because you've got the best quarterback in football, and we saw that in Week One. Aaron Rodgers was just making some unbelievable plays, yep. and the O line held up quite well despite sitting being gone. Um, so, you know, they we bagged we didn't bag Ted Thompson. We said we've got to trust him, and now you've got to keep trusting him to make the right decisions. And this one's probably another one of those right decisions. Yeah, I'm sure they would have consulted Aaron Rodgers before. You know. Uh, signing Bakhtiari to this big deal. I mean, it, Rogers. It looks like he trusts him. There's no problem there. He yep. he doesn't. He's he's a well above average left tackle in the league anyway. So I, it, yep. it's all it all makes sense to me. I mean, the whole the whole sitting thing came out that um, you know the Packers were not overly impressed with how he influenced the locker room, and they were worried about that kind of aspect of it. So yeah. During the negotiation side of things. Yeah, so that's just what the Bears need after signing him because they've always had a, a really good, calm locker room over there in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Um, we talked about, a guy, you know, Taylor Lane was, was going to be the guy that filled in for Josh Sitton. And, uh, he, oh, sorry, Lane Taylor. I keep getting that wrong. There you go. It didn't last long, the uh, fever dream of me pronouncing names right, but... Him and Bakhtiari together graded really well uh, week one for the Packers. You know, according to PFF, I, I like their, I trust them on offensive line play. 81.3 grading for Bakhtiari and 80.2 for Lane Taylor. So, you know, very, very solid and they work as a good team. Bakhtiari solid in pass protection and um, Lane Taylor, 
Lane Taylor did very well for Lacey in, in the running game. Are you, speaking of Lacey, what do you reckon? Do you, it's, he still looks huge, but he, he's, he looks better. Like, for, such, for, he looks for a slim Eddie Lacey, or a less yeah. fat Eddie Lacey, I'd have, to be honest, I can't remember what the fat Eddie Lacey looks like, because yeah. that, that man must have been huge. He must have, I know, he still looks massive. <laughs> must have it's been crazy. a freight train. I still, yeah. I don't know, I still think if the Packers had a different running back, they'd be a much better unit, but anyway... We'll see. Maybe yeah, I'm being. I'm st- I still like Lacey. I still like Lacey. I think oh, fine, I like but... I like Lacey. It's just I don't know. I still yeah. think there's yeah definite definite potential there because he goes through those three four game stretches where he's just he's just so dominant and no one can bring yeah. him down like a Lagaren Blount kind of per, like yeah. player. He'll lo- he'll lose weight like as the season goes on as well. Like once he gets into proper like match fitness, still only week one, so we'll wait and see. Yep. Uh, going to a different name, Delvin Brew, bro. Bro, yeah. Delvin broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that his name is spelt. It's very Saints-like, uh, the way it's spelt. It's fitting that he's in New Orleans with that spelling. But, yep. yeah, six weeks undergoing uh, broken leg. Yeah, surgery. He had surgery on Monday morning. He's he's their best cover guy, and they just got torched, you know, week one against Oakland, and now they face Odell Beckham. Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz. Uh, it's not looking good for the Saints' defense. No, who would have thought Rob Ryan, Rob Ryan leaving would uh, have... Th- their, their defense looks just as bad, if not worse. It was just... Yeah. It's like there was no one out there. It was just... It was a tire fire. Oh, my goodness. It was horrible. The... Yeah, no no corner had a rating above 60 for the Saints in week one. See, the engine's running, but... Uh... There's nobody behind the wheel. Wow. Yeah. What, what's the point? It's what? just not It's not good. The The one shining light is Kenny Vaccaro looked like he's starting to get a little bit better. Like, oh, back yeah. to his rookie rookie season, Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah, I mean, that when they first um, signed uh, Bird to pair along with Vaccaro, that, you just thought, wow, this, this could rival, like, the Seahawks, and then we got way too ahead of yeah. ourselves. And just, yeah, absolutely. Now we all look like idiots because they're just not a good tandem, but... Yeah, no. Oh, well, they're still probably just, above average in the league, but that's just saying, you know, how low the safety play is across the league. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for the Saints, this this just hurts because now it's going to make Vicaro's job, you know, that much harder for because of that no help from Delvin Bro. You know, you're, you're starting corners, uh, Devontae Harris and PJ Williams. PJ Williams was was a highly regarded rookie coming out, and he still needs some time. He missed most of last year with an injury, so we'll wait and see how he pans out. But it's not. Not a good look, you know, when Nick Fairley is your highly, you know, he's your best player on defense for you um, in week one. And you, you really want Sheldon Rankins back on the field because uh, they got run on as well and they just couldn't stop anything. And it's, um, you know, you feel for Drew Brees. Like, this is me actually feeling sorry for Drew Brees for what's in the podcast history is that he, you know, like Andrew Luck, is putting up these monster performances but just can't get over the hurdle because you're not getting any help whatsoever anywhere else. Yep. And I mean, it's. I think it's gonna. It's gonna be that way for the rest of the season. I think. I think it's gonna be. I mean, I know Delvin Bro will eventually come back, but Breeze is gonna have to do what Luck is doing and just, you know, flat out try bail him out every single week through the year. But saying that, I hope it doesn't get to a point for Luck or Breeze that you know they just think you know this is a wasted season. I know they're both professionals. They're both elite. Whatever. But they're gonna. Yeah. They're going to. Now, I don't want to get to the point in the season where they're just like you know let's. Let's start practicing for next season. Let's you know try to yeah. get into a rhythm and like get the run game going and things like that. I want to see him 
you know, yeah, Breeze's to... window's small, so he needs he he just wants to win now. Like this is it. Oh, like he's he's getting old, but he, I don't know. I always thought that he would be better suited leaving that Saints because of the cap management. We didn't even mention that in regards to CJ Spiller. Is that it's another failed free agent deal for them, and their cap management is is terrible, and they've got the worst the the highest amount of dead money in the NFL right now, and that doesn't surprise anyone whatsoever. So it's a no matter where you look, apart from Breeze in that offense, it's it's disastrous for the Saints. But speaking of disaster, obviously the Chargers got out to a huge lead, much to to our happiness because we're, we're both quite high on the Chargers this year, thought they were very underrated and thought they'd have a pretty good season. Then it all turned to, I don't know, I can't even begin, I don't even know, it turned to, what do you, what's the word there? I don't know, mate. It's, it... it's just, I can't explain it. It just turned to crap. Uh, Keenan Allen tears his ACL out for the season, placed on IR. He's carted off in tears, and then the Chargers, it just it just hurt them, and they fell to pieces and end up losing in overtime against a division rivalry, a division rival, and in a, in a division that's going to be tight, that, that loss is going to haunt them down the line if they're competitive, you know, right through the end of the season, which I expect Philip Rivers to do, but this Keenan Allen is just the stats on him out of the lineup to compared to in just for the Chargers' chances of winning. Philip Rivers' performances, Philip Rivers' yards per attempt, his passer rating, his touchdown-intercept ratio, everything is just through the roof when Allen's on the field and when he's not, it's it's back to average. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a devastating um, injury to a player that we both, you know, love. We just love. Yeah. We just yeah. think he is like the most underrated wide receiver in the league. He does everything for yeah. his team. Like you just everything. said, like you just said, he, you know, he is like the X factor without him. The team is just, you know, kaput really the like, with that I mean I know obviously if Rivers didn't play it'd be a different story but Keenan Allen it's last season I mean I selected him in the second round in my fantasy draft right so yeah and my team was, you, my man. team was killing it my team was absolutely killing it and he Keenan Allen was on something like nine points at halftime for us which was you know that's great and then yep. all of a sudden I see you know a little image and I just saw him on the ground I was just you know like most players were on the ground at one point. I just thought, no, he'll go back up. And then he stayed down and I just went, uh-oh. And I thought it was such a, like, it's such a freak thing as well after a lacerated kidney. So coming back from a lacerated uh. kidney to then tearing your ACL in the first game, it just, uh, such such yeah. bad luck for all from all aspects, for him, from fantasy owners, from just, you know, fans in general. It's just devastating, really. It's just, it's just... It is, and it, I've never been more upset over an injured player not on my team. I think I just got a huge soft spot for Keenan Allen, and I know how much injury he's been through, and, and how much he means to that team. And they couldn't afford injuries, and that was the that was the one knock on the Chargers is their overall depth. And you know their their starting lineups are actually quite good, and they they played well, and they ran the ball well, and their offensive line held up. Matt Slauson played really well, but you lose an injury like that, especially after they've already lost Stevie Johnson, it just takes its toll. But when you look at Rivers last year in his first game. First eight games with Allen, he averaged 344 yards a game, 70% of his throws at 7.91 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns and seven picks. After Allen was lost, he uh, took a nosedive. He only had 255 passing yards a game, 62% completion rate, and 6.51 yards per attempt. So he's just less efficient as a quarterback without Keenan Allen because you can't cover him. He just He's uncoverable. He's one of those players that, you know, 
you know, yeah, has to obviously be quick and, you know, be a good route runner, but he's just, he's not overly quick and he's not, he no. might be a terrific route runner because he always just finds space. It's just incredible. Yeah. And his hands, his hands are amazing. Yeah. So now we'll, now we'll so really see what Travis Benjamin has because he takes over yep. as the number one wide receiver. It, there's going to be, scary. there's definitely going to have to be uh, more two tight end sets from the Chargers. And they'll also, I mean, they're, they're, they were working out Chris Givens today. So that's the point that, that like the Chargers have gotten to. I mean, Philadelphia's trying out Aaron Dotson as well, yep. so we'll see. You know, that's yep. that's the where the league is at at the moment. That's the kind of talent that's on the waiver wire at wide receiver. So Chargers yep. fans, it's it's looking a little bit grim, but uh, yep. you know, you still got you still got Philip Rivers, so you're still going to be competitive because you know the guy's got yeah. he's got some ticker. That is correct. And the shiny the shiny light was Melvin Gordon ran the ball well. Danny Woodhead's going to have a bigger role now in the passing game, and Tyrell Williams looks pretty good as a number two, number three type receiver. So there is some shiny lights, but obviously it's it's going to be tough for that out. Yeah, it'll be good to see um, what they do have so um, going into um, next season. I mean, these obviously they not a not over the top money for Travis Benjamin, but you know, still he was paid significantly, probably better than what yep. he was worth. So important now. Yeah, so now they've got, they're really going to see what he is and what um, yep. t- they have in Tyrell Williams and Inman, etc. All right, Cam Newton. This is a a bit of an iffy topic. I'm going to say yeah, heavy, heavy, especially uh, considering that you know at the time everyone thought they were they were everything was by the book, but now I don't know. It just seems a bit sketchy. Yeah, it does. So uh, basically, the NFLPA is going to conduct a compliance investigation into the Ken Newton incident from Thursday night. Um, even though the Panthers and league officials insist the proper concussion protocol was used, Coach Ron Rivera stated that Newton reportedly passed all four of his concussion test but he wasn't uh tested until after the game so been a bit of a controversial topic um so the league will cooperate with the investigation and the two sides can't agree on a resolution a ruling will be handed down by a third party so we'll wait and see how that all pans out but he took some really big big hits to that to the head in that game and some were quite scary i think two of them should have at least been called a couple where he was as a runner and falling to the ground, so it is a little bit tough to throw the flag in those scenarios. But it, it seems to me like the NFL doesn't care about concussions when it's a you know fourth quarter and he's the face of the face of the NFL. You can't have your your superstar quarterback sitting out on a concussion protocol in your season opener when the game's on the line. That's I feel like is a bit of a double standard. Yeah, and. And there's also been, you know, the whole narrative that because Cam Newton is, you know, he doesn't have the same frame as other quarterbacks and the the fact that he is a runner and that he is a, you know, he's a big unit that usually does, you know, he doesn't hesitate to dive head first if it means getting a few extra yards, it plays against him. So that, you know, the officials, you know, look at him, think he's a tough guy. I mean, obviously he does get calls every now and then, but... At the same time, if that was Rogers, Brady, Roethlisberger, Luck, they would probably be caught. We like I'm not going to deny yeah. that. I'm going to say that no. you know, those four players would be. They would have gotten the flags on the weekend. I mean, he yeah. he wasn't. Uh, they wouldn't obviously be probably in that position because Cam Newton is Cam Newton. He does you know strange things. But I mean, yep. yeah, that that the one hit. I can't remember who did it. Who was the one that dived head first? <laughs> Jack Barrett. That was insane. Now that he uh, he has a history of doing that. He um, last year against the Patriots, he was the guy that absolutely hammered Tom Brady. I felt like he nearly snapped him in half in the snow. Um, he loves a 
you know, a big hit on a quarterback. Do you remember, the was there a quarter, flag a on that? Game. No, it, was, it wasn't a helmet to helmet. He just uh, he just smashed him. It was a, a legitimate tackle on yeah. Brady. Um, it was just, um, he just loves a big hit on a quarterback well, in the fourth quarter, well, the old Shaq Barrett. What, uh, what defender, what edge rusher, whatever, you know, wouldn't love a clean hit on the quarterback? That's fine. Oh, but the thing that... their job. On the weekend, that was over the top. That was just, you know, uh, yeah, he was, it, he it was, was hurting to watch. He was completely horizontal in the air with his arms by his yeah. side, essentially, like a torpedo and headbutt. Yeah, it's like, like a it's, missile. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. So, I mean, yeah, I mean. I'm glad the NFL PA is looking into this, though, because hopefully it'll send some shockwaves through the NFL because they said that they were going to change everything and that they care after that whole Case Keenum incident last year where Case Keenum was clearly concussed and playing on the field. And, you know, the first game of the year, biggest game of the year with your reigning MVP, you don't want him running out there concussed. It's not a good look for the NFL and it's not a good look long term. Um, and there was a good piece on the ring about it about, you know, ultimately football may be doomed by these head-to-head hits. But unless the NFL can really up the ante on this concussion protocol. I know it sucks, you know, having your quarterback miss the fourth quarter in a crucial Super Bowl rematch with a concussion, but sorry, um, you know, brain injuries and long-term health, you know, far more important in the long run. Yeah, of course. I mean, especially the fact that, you know, we've we've seen just what an impact it can make. Ladarius Green, for example, we're not sure if, you know, he's getting headaches and we're not sure if it is through concussions or what exactly it is, but that kind of thing, it just shows you that, you know, even though you think a player may be healthy, effects like that can just appear at any time. So it's just a, you know, it's a real, uh, like you said, I hope it does send shockwaves through the NFL and that, you know, they start uh, taking a more, you know, un- a sterner approach when it comes to concussions, especially with their star players like this and in the fourth quarter. I mean, every every yeah. player obviously should um, follow the yeah, same protocol. Yeah, shouldn't have a du- yeah, shouldn't have a double standard yeah. with, given time or player. Everyone should be treated the same, whether it's the last two minutes or the first two minutes of a game. Exactly, and they better chickety check themselves before they wreck themselves. Cotton. Speaking of MVPs, and we'll try and move on to some more positive notes. Uh, let's do our uh, real MVPs of the week. All right, mate. Who is it? Who who you got? Mine's Jameis Winston. I thought he arrived as a as a as a quarterback. Um, is he elite? Glimpses. Like, yeah, I think so. I, <laughs> I think he can be a top ten quarter quarterback by the end of the year. He reeks of Cam um, Newton. Yeah, he's just got that Cam Newton esque to him. I don't know. He's more of a like Cam Newton meets like. Brett Favre to me because he's just not afraid to throw like he's he's a gunslinger you know Philip Rivers type as well where he'll make some like he he threw some bad passes in the first quarter and some some ugly passes but he's not afraid to go back to them like he trusts his arm uh, you know Jay Cutler has that a little bit as well which you, you don't like to hear that name thrown around when you're talking top sort of 10 quarterbacks but you know Winston you know hit a, like some of those early passes he was struggled but he went back to it and then hit Austin Safarian Jenkins and Mike Evans on those two incredible touchdown passes and I think him and Mariota are always going to be like the new sort of Luck v Wilson type thing but I th- you know they're both just good I think that um, Winston is is legit and I like Tampa Bay I think um, you know I expect them to be a lot better probably next year and I still think they'll have some losses and you know maybe around an eight and eight season but it wouldn't surprise me if they could sneak into that six seed now I, I just think Winston can win plenty of ball games and I don't think it matters where he plays yeah no I, I completely agree he would just flat out he's, he's got he's definitely got the big bodies around him to help I mean I know yep. I know a lot of it he was you know he was throwing them on a dime and it was it was yep. beautiful to see but at the same time those big bodies yep. help those oh I, yeah Austin Safarian Jenkins, who thought 
who everyone thought, you know, he's kind of he looks like his time in Tampa is slowly dwindling away. He just that 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 touchdown throw was beautiful. Um, oh, stunning. My MVP, I was going to say someone else, but we're going to talk about him a little bit in depth sooner. So I'm going to go with my Homer pick and go Carson Wentz. Wow. I know that he was. I know that we're all probably overreacting Philly fans, and I know they were playing the Browns. But I think the uh, the whole MVP aspect of it, I like it that he beat the Browns, the team that said he wasn't. He was kind of a <laughs> mid level player, yeah. and I mean, how how good must Wentz be feeling to just to throw that back in their face? Especially the fact that he'd played pretty much just over one quarter of action in the preseason, coming in like that and playing how he did. I mean, I know he was going up against this Cleveland Browns defense, which oh my god, I thought they would. I thought they'd be. I knew they were going to be bad, but yeah, I just yeah, I think. Be a bit steady on Wentz, I think. Like, not yourself, but just in general. Like, I, I, I want to, you know, I want to be happy about Wentz, but I just need to see it against, like, a real NFL defense because I don't think Cleveland Browns are an NFL defense at this point. It's, oh, of uh, course. I, I thought the Colts defense was the worst in the NFL, and then I watched the Browns condensed. Like, there's just so many blown coverages, so much just holes that Wentz was able to exploit. And good on him because you need to, you know, good quarterbacks exploit those holes, and Wentz did well. But I just want to see him under pressure, but I still think the tools are there for him to develop nicely into into something quite good for, for Philly and, and not quite return on investment yet, but you'd have to be a little bit happy that, you know, at least, you know, he's shown something. He still sails a lot of passes high in the footwork. Not, not a lot to be desired, but, you know, Doug Peterson was a quarterback and he'll he'll work on that and, and it'll get better. It's a great, like, first opening game just to get your feel for an NFL playing against this Browns defense. Like, it it just gives you that confidence and, and now like you can just build on that going forward. I love that we go from the Browns to Chicago, whose defense is also, you know, substandard. Although they actually played okay. Like they, pre- don't, for the you, first time don't, they don't, yeah. don't you start me on the Bears. The Bears and the Titans, who I changed my tips to, by the way. Yeah. Yep. The Titans, if it wasn't for those two interception, you know, returns from the Vikings defense, were playing, you know, legitimately well. So that that was, I'm still fine with that pick. And the Bears were winning up until the fourth quarter. So, yep. damn. Yeah. But saying that, saying that, Wentz under pressure eight times, completed all those eight passes. So that that's something to, you know, he can hang his hat. He, well, that's that was just terrific. Where's where's the Where's the stutter button? Did I stutter? There we go. Uh, Top right. <laughs> it's been used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're good. No, so but moving moving forward, it's obviously the games are going to progress. He's going to have those games where we just think, oh, that's a rookie. But um, he, yeah. he, he graded out quite nicely too on PFF, which um, and they've been quite skeptical about Wentz as a quarterback. I know a lot of analysts there at PFF have been a little bit skeptical of Carson Wentz's ability as like a as a passer and his footwork and things like that and. Um, they were pressed. He graded out as an 87 and a half, which is like the highest ever for a rookie first start um, in PFF history. So well, it's pretty, go. it's pretty good. So um, you know whether people like or dislike PFF's quarterback grades, I know that it's a lot of it's a bit controversial because you don't you can't obviously it's inherently flawed in that they don't know what the what the play call was and what the option was, but they they can only judge on what they can see, and and so can so can we as as spectators. So you know every sort of system like that is flawed, but you. You take what you get from different analysts and different models and, and piece it all together as part of a puzzle to, to give your takeaway. I just like using my eye tests and yeah, I liked what I saw, but I want to see him against like, I want to see him play like Seattle. If he does it against Seattle, I'm chips in. Yeah, mate. <laughs> that, if that happens, yeah, that's, yeah. 
That will be Crazy. one for the ages, I think. Yes. All right. Let's <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's talk week one takeaways. We've already talked a lot about it. We try to blend it into the news, but we'll move on to some actual takeaways. We're not going to go through this X amount of players had this amount of stats and things like that. Obviously, we'll drop a little bit, but for me, my like my first takeaway was the most notable thing was week one, like how close all the games were. Like only three games were decided by double digits and. Until yesterday, it was only one game. Uh, two of them happened in Monday Night Football. But the first 14 games of the season were decided by just 72 points. And then the two Monday Night games were won by 50 points. So 14 games across 72 points. And then you had two decided by 50 yesterday. It is nuts. And then six games were decided by two points or less in week one. And then seven if you include the Colts and Detroit because there was that silly lateral safety right at the end, which was quite comical. But... Just that incredibly, yeah, just close games, like nail biters. I've never seen anything like it, um, and it was exhilarating, and it was great for NFL to be back and in such incredible style and fashion. If someone could make um, uh, a clip of the Colts, you know, running around, throwing it backwards every every two seconds with the Benny Hill music, I'd greatly Yeah, appreci- oh my God, I was just thinking that. I'd, greatly, say that. I'd greatly appreciate it, because that's exactly what <laughs> <laughs> it just... It just had that Benny Hill feel into it. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah. No, the the, ga- the games were intense. They were so yeah. intense. I mean, at one point, they looked like there was only going to be one blowout before the Keenan Allen injury, and then yeah, then yeah. that happened, and then that went yep. to overtime. So I mean, that oh man, Keenan yeah. Allen, that's still hurting me. <laughs> I know it's it's just devastating. It it's just devastating. Hurts. It's so sad. It really is. But in, you know, Monday night games have kind of a habit that one team comes out on top clearly. It, there's not too many games I feel on Monday night that generally are too close. There's always, I don't know, it always feels like the... Uh, yeah, it's always hyped up as a blowout and then as a close game and then it never ever results in that, yeah, that standard. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I mean, or the opposite happened and they thought the uh, Steelers and the Redskins were going to have a close game and the Steelers ran away with it. And then they yep. said, you know, the Rams are going to blow out the 49ers and it was complete opposite. So there you go. That's the narratives of Monday night football. No one knows what's yeah. happening at all. My MVP, who I was going to select, was going to be Jack Del Rio because of, you know, his huge onions. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just incredible. Like, I, I want to I call this episode Jack Del Rio has huge balls, but I don't know if we should do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Does that make the I episode explicit? Yeah, that's where I'm concerned. Maybe we should just, maybe we should just put Jack Del Rio stones as maybe instead. <laughs> Yeah. But how about the balls? What the what a call. It was amazing. I know, the testicular fortitude of Jack oh, Del Rio. Oh, boy, that's it. Yes, let's put that in. All right. That's... No, it was incredible. I, I, was, I know that, I mean, it came off, and Crabtree, who's just like one of the best wide receivers at meeting the ball at the highest point. Yep. He's... he And for, like, for all the teams that were just looking at Crabtree thinking, no, you're done, and for the Raiders yeah. to go make him into Great a legitimate... Sign second wide receiver, wide receiver too. Like, pretty yeah. much like a, a 1B. So I was he, just about to say. Yeah. He, probably a 1B, yeah. Yeah, no, he's 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 playing lights out. But Jack Del Rio, mate, having having the Gajones to go and <laughs> for that for that, um, for that that play, if it didn't come off, I think we'd be talking about him in a completely different light. But, I mean, the I was even I was even reading tweets from his daughter saying that, you know, like yeah, he was just saying, I re- my, my, I retweeted my dad's balls are trending or something like that, which was hilarious. 
Yeah. But, um, uh, imagine that. Imagine going on the Twitter and, you know, hashtag Jack Del Rio's balls or something. That would oh, be, that would be Just, incredible. I never actually want to see Sonny, Sonny's balls. I never want to see trending on Twitter. Never. <laughs> never. Because it, it won't be for anything like that. It won't be for no, anything uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, if my if our parents' <laughs> balls are trending on Twitter, it's probably for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a protest of some description. <laughs> oh boy, um, but yeah, it's just you know the bollocks on him. You know he he knew that if they tied the game, the way his defense and secondary were playing, that they were going to lose. And I love coaches that, and it sounds so simple and it sounds so garbage, but I just love coaches that coach to win the game. It is not hard. Coach to win the game. I love aggressive play calling. I love taking the risk. And I hope Gus Bradley took note because on fourth and one, driving to win the game against the Packers, they throw a bubble screen three yards behind the line. That's not how you coach to win the game. And it's frustrating. And the Raiders, they allowed 500-plus yards and gave away 100-plus yards in penalties, and they still won because he had the cojones, as you said, to go for it on two. And even though the, all the like statistical analysis and the math nerds and everyone said that that's not going to be the the best way to do it, and he he quote tweeted ESPN, he tweeted based on ESPN's win probability model, the Raiders had a fifty one percent chance if they kicked the pat and forty four percent chance if they went for two, and then he tweeted, "Good thing ESPN isn't coaching the Raiders." Love it. Brilliant. Love it. Um, yes. And we love, a, we love a coach who's on Twitter, so that's always good. Yes, just a double, double, double down <laughs> on Del Rio. Double Del Rio. Maybe that should be the... the, the <laughs> <laughs> double Del Rio <laughs> and his huge cojones. Um, yes, <laughs> No, um, moving forward, though, like you said, those penalties, they were, they were really hurting the Raiders. And yep. going up against, you know, probably a, a bit of a better team, they will... That'll that'll really come back to bite them. And also, Sean Smith can't be getting beaten like he was. There was, you know, the secondary for the Raiders is supposed to be, you know, this kind of, you know, top five, ten unit, and it it wasn't anything like that. So it's, I mean, I know he was going up against Drew Brees, but at the same time, it's, I don't know, it was a bit kind of head scratching because I wasn't expecting the Raiders to perform. At like at the low level they did. I mean, I know they came out on top and they won and they still scored a ton of points, but it was against the Saints defense. And I know that their defense was going up against Drew Brees, who has a habit of making you know the best defenses look bad. But it was still still worrying signs. I think I th- I still think we're, we all got a bit high on. Uh, we all you know maybe jumped on the bandwagon too far. That is correct. Sean Smith was a uh, highly prized free agent signing for them, you know, snaring him away from a division rival in Kansas City. And he was benched, uh, you know, in your first start with New Orleans, you know, with, uh, sorry, against New Orleans for Oakland to get benched after being torched by Brandon Cooks. That's not, that's not an ideal start for Sean Smith. But, you know, given what we've seen from Del Rio, hopefully he'll make some changes, you know, be a good coach and adjust. And hopefully Sean Smith can turn it around because he is a good player, was a good player in the Chiefs. And a lot of teams were circling him as a, as a free agent acquisition for them. Uh, speaking of a good coach, Bill Belichick, all he does is win. All he does is win no matter what. No oh, Brady. I wish I had the drop for no, that. No Gronk. No. <laughs> No, nothing. Like he had no left tackles, no right tackles. Didn't matter. Bill Belichick draws just draws up the master plan and just comes away with a win on the road against a you know a NFC title contender. Mate, I don't know what we were expecting. Otherwise, now we look back at our prediction that Arizona was going to cover the line, and I mean I know a lot of other people did as well, but we just yep, a lot of the smart money was on it. 
We're dumb. We're dumb, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, you've heard a self-confession that we're dumb. Um, never ever bet against Bill Belichick. <laughs> never ever do it. I don't know why we did it. Well, I mean, I do know why we did it, but it was just... Yep. I don't know. Going to throw Bruce Arians under the bus a little bit. The, I don't yep. know. The, there wasn't that many shots downfield or anything too troubling. And, I mean, it was a lot of short passing. And, I mean, that has kind of seemed... To hmm. me, what undoes the Arizona Cardinals the most the 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 screens and things like that. But then at the same time, you've got to you, he, Bruce Arians had to adjust more as well. So yeah, I don't know. He, it was never going to be Tom Brady. He was always going to be suspended. So I know there's limited tape to go off when it comes to Garoppolo, and obviously Bill Belichick was going to game plan for this specifically. But come on, I don't know. It's it, to me, it was Garoppolo. I mean, I know the New England defense got a lot lot better, but Yep. At the same time, come on. Yeah, they they looked a bit underdone. They they looked a little bit complacent that they thought that this would probably come easy to them, and that's very un Bruce Arians like. And I'm sure, uh, you know, he'd be working his team extra hard and be very very furious about what happened. But you know, full credit to Bill Belichick and and this New England defense, where you know, very underrated. Everyone talks about Tom Brady, but this 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 defense has been pretty good, and he's going to be probably. Uh, you know, one of the better units in the NFL, especially you know, look at Chris Long. He had a he had a great game. Um, you know, from the you know as a free agent signing for him, for them, two sacks. It was it was a good game by him. Typical typical Belichick Belichick pickup with Chris Long. I think they thought that this could have been the game that they were going to lose, and now they've come away with a win, and now they've got three home games against lesser opponents, if you like. Yep. Now. I think many people were talking, could Tom Brady and the Patriots, after you know the four-week suspension, go on and to win every game from there? Now there's a real possibility, if Garoppolo plays anything like he did for the first week, that they can go undefeated, which is, you know... Now I think a lot Crazy. of people are saying, if they can make it... I'm still not... Um, I still think there's a huge chance that they don't win all four games. I mean, mm. this, this was... They've had many, many, many weeks to prepare for this game. Now they've got, you know one week to prepare for the next. I'm sure Belichick had the foresight to start preparing. He's probably prepared for all yep. of them. But I mean, yep. yeah, going going forward, I don't know, it looks look, things are looking up for the for um the Patriots if you can say that even though they're never really looking down too often. No, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is probably better than, you know, some teams, you know, six or seven teams starting quarterback now and it's yeah, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah, poor Cleveland and it's just unfortunate for them, but you're right. It does look like you know, New England are rolling on all cylinders, but I, I could see them, you know, surprisingly dropping one of those games. Finally, um, you things know, are looking up for Boston, eh? Yeah, after, you know, such a long hardship, right? Yeah. Uh, play that beep, 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 drop. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about, obviously, next week about Garoppolo against the Dolphins front seven. That's going to be something to watch, um, given what they did against Russell Wilson. But we'll move on. Um, we talked about Carson Wentz. We just talked about some other debuts, Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. Prescott, very similar to what he was in, in the preseason football, it's just a little bit harder, you know, as the game goes on. Um, that, that defense that he faces is pretty consistent throughout the match. You know, he found eight separate targets, looked pretty comfortable directing the offense, you know, put the team in a position. But Terrence Williams, run out of bounds, man. Run out of bounds. My God, that was ridiculous. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. And Zeke Elliott. Uh, he looked pretty good, but 
you know, Alfred Morris looked pretty good as well. So, uh, you know, Zeke himself called his performance average. Yeah. I'm not going to go into this too much. I'm not going to overreact too much. But I don't know. Zeke Zeke looked pretty meh. I mean, there was a lot of pressure thrown onto Dak's shoulders. There is. I mean, he's replacing Tony Romo at the moment. But he, I don't know. Just, I don't think the game plan was correct from Garrett. I think that... They weren't expecting to throw the ball that much. They, they, th- I can't, I can't even remember the number, but the number of the number of pass attempts in that game from Prescott was just ridiculous, especially for your first um, NFL game. It's just, it was to me dumb, but whatever. I know the um, the defense of the Giants got far better and they performed to a a, a really yeah. good level in Week One. So that's that's something to look at going forward. Giants fans, I've ripped you ripped you in the past, but. I mean, your team's looking pretty good. Your team's looking pretty good. And Victor Victor Cruz back on the field too. Doing the doing the south, so that's that's always beautiful to see. And yep. I think if I don't know, maybe they should alleviate some of the pressure on Elliott, work him in a little bit more, and get. Yeah, I mean, they, right. they paid they paid Alfred Morris decent money to come over and be a backup. The guy was averaging five yards a carry. Let him let him run a little bit. Maybe like a fifty fifty share to start, and then once Elliott, all it's going to take is Elliott to break off one decent size run and. And sees confidence, or one of those, you know, um, yep. shoulder pad leveling hits that he did against Cam Chancellor in the preseason. It's just going to take something like that again to just get him yep. fired up, and then he'll run away with it. I don't, I don't have get any. Yeah, I don't have any doubts that he's not going to succeed. The guy's a unit, but I yep. think if they, they kind of do like a split carry thing with Morris and help Elliot get a roll on. Saying that Morris is still a really good running back. So many teams yeah, in the absolutely. NFL would be like begging to have that guy. So absolutely, um, you mentioned you know the Prescott forty-five attempts is not ideal for a rookie in his first start and going forwards, not, not sustainable. And you're right, only seven carries for Morris and twenty for Elliott. So if they can distribute some of those attempts and just give them to Morris in forms of carries, that would be a far more balanced effect. Being down in the game obviously affected the game script a little bit. But moving on, we mentioned Victor Cruz being back on the field, and that was fantastic to see. And you know we're we're pleased to see him back on the field and. We were just waiting to see it before we, we brought in. And obviously, Jordy Nelson, Steve Smith, all back on the field as well. But, you know, not as not as strong. But um, we uh, we expect to see them, you know, go from strength to strength in the, ne- in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, just all of them. Just injury-free seasons, please. I mean, it's, all, it's yes. a different case for all of them. Cruz has had lingering injuries. Nelson had a, uh, Nelson and Smith both had significant, you know, injuries. And then Steve Smith yep. is, you know, he's on his pension, but he's still playing. So that's right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. in about three or four weeks, we can properly assess them and see where they're at. Yeah. Uh, in terms of in terms of rookies, uh, you know, some really strong debuts from Will Fuller, Sterling Shepard, Jalen Ramsey, and Derek Henry, and and Ryan Kelly as well. So a bit of egg on egg on the face for me from Will Fuller. You you were right, Woot. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. Get used to it. Oh, you should be used to it. Yeah, yeah. look, he's, look. although I think he's the like Treadwell or compliment. Doxon might... You're right. He is. It, although I think Treadwell or Doxon might end up being a better wide receiver long-term in terms of the fit in in Houston across from DeAndre Hopkins, it does work quite well. I still had a drop or two, but yeah, you can tell after the catch, the guy's a beast. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's lightning in a bottle. He is. Um, Jalen yep. Ramsey was saying that, you know, Rodgers didn't throw his way. So 
Yeah, which is a little bit I don't know about that, but he, he got beat on one. He was a lot better in the run in the run game than the pass game from what I saw. But you know, first game and he's had some injuries sort of all off season. So for him, like I think that was a pretty solid debut. It's tough to be a starting, you know, a rookie corner in the NFL. Like everyone expects Marcus Peters and Ronald Darby type seasons, but they're very rare. Like they don't win rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year very often corners because it's a tough transition in the NFL because wide receivers are too fast. We saw that with Antonio Brown just destroying Rashad Breland and questionable tactics from Washington and not playing Josh Norman at all on Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's a typical uh, Washington assessment of the game. <laughs> we'll yep. we'll go spend a ton of money on Josh Norman and then we'll just take him. We'll just it, they just made him irrelevant. It was stupid. It was just yeah. I, I was just watching. Well, no, I, Breland is terrific. Breland is an up and coming yeah. amazing player, but like. Uh, don't, we don't, saw Antonio don't. Brown do that against Chris Harris, so it's not like it's out of the ordinary. I know, of course sure. it's not. But Antonio that, Brown's just on a different level. At the same time, you can imagine Josh Norman, I don't know, playing press a little bit or, you know, mm. just trying to get, yeah, getting in to his work, face, you know, his getting in his head yeah. and stuff like that. That's where, I know Josh Norman's a talker, but at the same time, he's... You know, he's getting paid that money for the reason. Yeah, and it worked against OBJ last year where he, you know, got into OBJ's head and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, our last takeaway, obviously, from, from week one was the, the Rams. Well, you know, first game in, in California. It wasn't at home. It, it was up in Santa Clara, but still, they stunk. They absolutely stunk, Woot. I want you to hit the drop. <laughs> Uh, where are we? Where's the stink drop? Stink, you got to play stink, it. Stink, no, especially stink, stink. stink. You got to be kidding me. I mean, how stinky. do you watch this? Just I mean, yeah, woeful. They stink. Just everything. The coach, the quarterback, the offensive line, it all stunk. And it's no surprise to see this from Jeff, Jeff Fisher, who, you know, you saw at the opening of Hard Knocks, where he said, we're not going 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and 10-6. Eight and and but there was just no conviction in that speech whatsoever. And he knew deep down that he wasn't going that. I, I just never, ever going to believe a word that Jeff Fisher says anymore. I just he may I don't as well trust write, him as a coach. He may as well have yeah. written them just a letter and said, we're not yeah. going 7 and 9, we're not going 8 and well, 8. We're going, we're going 5 and 11. That's yeah. what we're doing. That's yeah. the realistic chance. And it, it's just terrible to see that. And you have Jared Goff in street clothes on the sideline. And you, you have to watch that just abomination of Case Keenum. It's yeah. just so, terrible. So you had... So he had Jared Goff on the sideline. He wasn't ready, apparently. If he wasn't ready, uh, how bad is he? How bad? Yeah, how bad <laughs> must he be? If that's or how bad is the talent evaluation in St. Louis that they think that he's not ready because he can't be that bad? Like we've seen it on tape when he was at Cal, he cannot be that bad. No, I know. And I mean, there was no, absolutely no game alteration by Jeff Fisher. That frustrated me more than anything in the game. So Case Keenum's out there and. Case Keenum's not good. No one's no one's saying he is. And I mean, it came down to just I don't know, just change your game plan slightly. Even if it's throwing the ball five more yards upfield, just do something. Tavon Austin five yards behind the line of scrimmage every single pass. I (laughs) I could have sent my mum out there and she could have told you what they were going to (laughs) do. Exactly. What was it like? Twelve yards on thirteen targets or something for Tavon Austin or something ridiculous? It's insane. And I. And then talking about Aaron Donald, we both said that yep. we can understand his frustration. We can, it's, we can understand how he was feeling. And we were feeling it, and we'd have no, yep. absolutely no investment in the Rams whatsoever. But I mean, I feel sorry for the LA public. Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, speaking of Donald, getting evicted out of that game, he's basically basically getting a life raft off the Titanic because that was a sinking ship, and he's, now he's, he's 
sailed to safety. He's the first player to be disqualified due to the two unsportsmanlike conduct, etc. Oh, wow, there you go. So that, that's but that I, I, I totally get his frustration. You, you've been out on the field so many minutes because your offense can't stay on the field. Your coach is so uninspiring and not making any changes whatsoever, and your quarterback's just not even trying. I, I just... Not, I can't say that he's not even trying. He just, he's just bad, and it's just a, a really bad situation for Aaron Donald to be in. And, and I completely get it. The best part of the game was the streaker running on the field, the streaker and that we didn't Harlan see until making the call. Secondhand footage. Yeah, I know. Yes, and the audio of it was just spectacular. So at least we got that out of the game, which is going to be a you know one of the best moments of the season. I think it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, just uh, fantastic. You got to. So we, we're look, looking forward for the Rams. You've got Seattle next week. You're you're under the you know the thought. You have the thought that we should they should be sending Goff out there against Seattle. I think I think so. You can't possibly send Case Keenum out there again, even though he has come out and said that Case Keenum will start. But may, like maybe you know I look forward to the ninety thousand people in LA. You get to see Sean Mannion play quarterback for no, them. No, no. Jeff just, Fisher just has disgusting. said that Keenum is his man, hasn't he? That's just, yeah. Oh, I just think maybe we may see Mannion at some point in the game, but. Well, like, uh, just just start golf. Seriously, just start him. Like well, it's, now, but what, see, what's there to lose? It's, even, it's even worse now, right? So you've you've had this game. You've seen how bad they are. Everyone has come out and said, "God, the Rams sucked." Like the Rams sucked so yeah. bad. I didn't even I didn't expect them to be that bad. It was just in. It was insane. I know when Aaron Donald threw his helmet down. I I don't know why. I just expected it to shatter everywhere. I know the helmets are made yeah. out of some really tough stuff. I feel like he's a lot stronger than that. <laughs> I know, or it was just going to bury itself in like the a ground. Hulk smash. <laughs> No, but next week I'm I'm with the Rams in the one thing that I don't think they should put Goff out there next week. It's okay. too, it's too insane. Well, it's too insane. Going, yeah, I I just think they need to trust the first stuff. home game. Everyone is going to be you know Keenum's already you know your 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 punching bag at the moment. Just let him roll out there for one more week. It's going to be bad. It's going to be it's not yep. going to be good. But at least the pressure against Seattle. They're gonna they're gonna throw Goff out there if he was to play and say, "All right, just do your best," and he's gonna get swapped. There's there's no other way about it. He's not gonna he's not gonna win the game for the the Rams yeah, against if, Seattle. If you, no, if you're Jared Goff though, it's kind of mixed. Like you want to get out there and play and show that you're worth the overall first overall pick, but then at the same time you're probably thinking, "I don't want to go out there and let this maniac as my head coach ruin my career." And you know, as a person that watches the NFL, a pet peeve of mine is seeing terrible coaches and terrible coaching ruin the potential of great players. And I'm not saying, you know, Jared Goff is great, but, you know, just at least give the kid a chance. And it's going to it's gonna suck when he eventually does play out there and if Jeff Fisher is still the head coach because it's just it's a tough situation to be in. And same with Marcus Marietta with, under Mike Malarkey. I think once he's gone and they bring in a, a refreshing coach, I think you'll see him go from stride to stride. But the Rams, unfortunately, giant stink bomb. Um, it sucks. You know, you move to this city in L.A. and they're stuck with that. It's like, you know, thanks, St. Louis, for giving us this. Yeah. Well, and hopefully hopefully, sooner rather than later we see Goff. And even though you don't want him to perform badly, hopefully kind of if he does and there's not an improvement Jeff Fisher gets the flick. So that's... Yeah, he needs, he needs to be fired now. I'll just get rid of him straight away. But that's just me. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not Jeff Fisher's biggest fan. All right, no. let's um, let's move on to Thursday night football. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. The Buffalo Bills hosting the New York Jets, a division game, Color Rush. It's the anniversary of the Colorblind Bowl, which yeah. was absolutely hilarious uh, at the time. So hopefully they fix that up. Basically, the Jets are favorite at the moment, $1.80 for the Jets, 205 with Buffalo on William Hill. 
You can get the New York Jets minus one at a dollar eighty-seven and Buffalo plus one at a dollar ninety-five. What's your initial thoughts on the match and, and who you're tipping? I'm going with the Bills. They're at home. Wow. They're Fitz giving pa- away a point. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Fitzpatrick has never won against Rex Ryan. I don't know. It's a, it's a gut feeling. I think they were embarrassed slightly last week, and I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come out firing. I think. And what do you expect out of uh, Sammy Watkins and, and this Buffalo offense? The well, the Sammy Watkins that that's a bit concerning. The whole injury, yeah, the up whole in the air. injury cloud with him. But would, I don't know. Would your tip change if he's out? Yes, it would. Yeah. Can I we put a little huge. caveat in the prediction that if he's not playing, I'm going with the Jets? Yeah, I think that's fair on you because you know he's arguably their best offensive player, and if he's out or, or limited in any format, that's going to be really tough for for the, the Bills' offense, who were very sluggish last week against the Ravens, to, to move the ball because you, you just basically stack the box and say, all right, Tyrod, beat us with Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin and Charles Clay. And that's that's going to be easy to defend for, for Darrell Revis and, and that secondary, even though Revis coming off a bad game, a lot easier to defend Robert Woods than, than A.J. Green. I, I'm looking at this Jets defensive line that sacked Andy Dalton seven times last week, and that's one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. And there's... Question marks over Cordy Glenn's health with his ankle. It looks like he will be out. That offensive line is going to get mauled by this Jets defensive line, which now will have Sheldon Richardson back, who didn't play last week. Uh, just there's studs all over this line. The guy that they, McClendon, who they picked up to replace Snacks Harrison, actually played really, really well last week and showed some pass rush next to all these studs because you've got to work out who you've got to cover. And the holes opened up for him. And I, I just see them as the best unit in this game. And I can see them... Um, being dominant and forcing a turnover in some short fields for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I'm taking the Jets to win. I know it's they haven't won in Buffalo last year. It was a very tough place for Ryan Fitzpatrick. A lot of demons on that field there for him, given what happened last year. But I think the Jets will get home and uh, I'm picking Todd Bowles over the Ryan brothers. Quincy Anunwa. Yeah, interesting player. I, I, he showed glimpses last year. I like it. He led the team in targets. Yeah, unbelievable. It is really it. great in the slot. Yeah, and he's he's quick and he's big. So I mean, he made he made like two incredible catches, like unbelievably athletic catches last year. Like Vine, they're they're both Vine because they were amazing. They're highlight players, but seems to have developed his game a lot more and seems to be a, a, bit, a lot sleeker in the route running and a bit fresher. And it, it's good to see them have a different weapon as opposed to Marshall and Decker because they're not getting anything out of the tight end in that Chan Gailey offense. So Quincy Anunua looks like he's he's legit and could see a lot of targets in this offense. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, though, last week didn't look great. No, I had his moments. It's something something's off about him. He's, it's, we've spoke, we spoke about it last year. He had a significant stretch to start the season where he was just lights out. He was just awesome. Yeah. He was just... And we were just... We, every week we'd go, is this... I remember betting against the Jets with you, well, predicting that... Not actually betting, but, you know, tipping yeah. against the Jets, saying, I think this week is the Fitzpatrick week. And he'd come out and just prove yeah. us wrong again. And then, yeah. obviously, when we tipped them... He'd have a Fitzpatrick game. Yeah. And obviously, obviously had a Fitzpatrick week against the Bills last year. But when you say there's something off about him, is it the fact that it, that he is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. I mean, the guy's an unusual <laughs> human being, but uh, we'll leave that. Yes. All right. We'll see so you've go. got the Jets. I've got the Bills. Yep. Barring the Sammy Watkins health. That's it. That's the show. Do you like the, uh, Do you like over 40.5 total game score? Uh, I think under might be the way to go uh, in this one. I think, I think I'm channeling the unders. I'm trying to... But I think I think if 
for, for betting purposes, I'm just laying New, New York minus one. I think oh, that's, yeah, it's too I hard to predict. Uh, because Only because you just don't know what you're going to get out of this Jets offense. That We're a little bit off last week, but still managed 20-something points against that Bengals defense. And then the Bills defense is still good. Kyle Williams looks great, but we'll wait and see. Wait and see how that pans out. But the over-under, I think that's on the money there. The bookies at, at 40, so we'll leave that. Uh, that's that's pretty much the show, Josh. All right, man. You want to wrap us? You want to wrap us up? Yeah, I do. I just want to apologise that this is up late. It's because I've been in Darwin all week. So moving forward, our uh, recap shows will be on Tuesday, and they'll be up around either Tuesday night or Wednesday, and then uh, we'll be previewing it on the games on either Friday or Saturday moving forward. So there'll be still two and a half podcasts a week. Yes, yeah, so you heard it here. To... Blame why? Yeah, it's my fault. I was in Darwin for work, so I apologise, guys, yeah, yeah. but please enjoy yeah, it. Download yeah, yeah. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow the show at Woot and Y. You can follow Josh. At Woot, etc. And you can, yeah, like us on Facebook, on Instagram at NFL Podcast, and listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka. And that's it. Peace out. All right. Thanks, guys. Third and four, looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. All right, I'm ready for the last 11.31 now, Kevin. Let's go. Look at the police. They've surrounded this man like he is... <laughs> like he... Like he's just robbed a bank. I tell you what, he got a whole lap in he did, before yes. they got him. I mean, that was, that was pretty good. I expected him to go down much sooner. Yeah. But uh, I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up.